Welcome to At Home and Abroad with Harrison Walker. Join us each week as we follow our curiosity, diving deep into the familiar and the foreign. Reach beyond your front door as we uncover new perspectives, explore intriguing ideas, and have real conversations with the best guests. Ready for something different? Let's get started. Can it be possible to spend nearly 30 years on death row in solitary confinement for a crime you never committed and still be grateful? Anthony Ray Hinton was accused and convicted of the robbery and double murder of two fast food managers in Birmingham, Alabama in 1985. He was innocent. Three decades later, he was finally released from prison. Many would be angry and seeking revenge, but not Hinton. He said, I've never had an apology, but I forgave those involved in my conviction long before I left prison. I didn't forgive them so they can sleep well at night. I did it so I can. He is a firm believer that we are in control of our own happiness no matter the circumstances we find ourselves in. He says, The world didn't give you your joy, and the world can't take it away. You can let people come into your life and destroy it, but I refuse to let anyone take my joy. I wake up in the morning and I don't need anyone to make me laugh. I'm going to laugh on my own because I have been blessed to see another day. And when you're blessed to see another day, that should automatically give you joy. Hinton has appreciation for the little things. He says, one does not know the value of freedom until it is taken away. People run out of the rain. I run into the rain. I am so grateful for every drop just to feel it on my face. Today, Anthony Ray Hinton is an author, lecturer, and educator with gratitude remarkably still in his heart. I remember the day Hinton was released. What a horrendous injustice. Mm -hmm. Though sadly, it's somewhat of a familiar story, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately it is. But how remarkable to spend three decades behind bars, innocent, and then to embrace forgiveness, happiness, and joy. He's grateful for so much that most of us take for granted. Like the rain. Like the rain. His story reminds me of Eli Wiesel. He and his family were deported to Auschwitz when he was just 15 years old. His mother and his sister were murdered there before he was transported to Buchenwald, where he labored and suffered with his father until the end of the war. Most tragically, his father died the night before the camp was liberated. Awful. But despite all of that, he is known to embrace gratitude. He said in an interview with Oprah, For me, every hour is grace, and I feel gratitude in my heart each time I can meet someone and look at his or her smile. Despite the atrocities and loss he suffered, he survived and thrived, writing the Night Trilogy, becoming a political activist, Nobel laureate, and professor. He was an incredible human being. He sure was. You knew that gratitude is a key pillar of many faiths, right, Walker? particularly Buddhism. As Jack Cornfield, a Buddhist American writer and teacher explains, Buddhist monks begin each day with chants of gratitude for the gifts of food and shelter, of friendship, and for the teachings that benefit all. Similar to mealtime prayers that I grew up with in the Christian tradition. Even the Stoics of ancient times embrace gratitude. Take Emperor Marcus Aurelius, for example. Have you ever read his meditations? Yes. Full of wisdom. Right, Walker? Very much so. He said, all you need are these, certainty of judgment in the present moment, action for the common good in the present moment, and an attitude of gratitude in the present moment for anything that comes your way. 
An attitude of gratitude, definitely not a new concept, but definitely one that has had a renaissance in the last few years. That's an understatement. There are books, journals, TED Talks, research projects, social media channels. Gratitude is everywhere, but that's not a bad thing, really, is it? Not a bad thing at all. And we've heard it our whole lives too, haven't we? Growing up, how many times were we told to count our blessings, be grateful for what we have, waste not, want not, and all of that? And of course, in the West, we celebrate a formal holiday, Thanksgiving. It's about acknowledging all that is positive and good in our lives and not to always be striving for more. And if we can do that, we're happier, more content, and satisfied with our lot in life. As one Buddhist proverb says, enough is a feast. Right. There are various definitions of gratitude, though, to consider. Some claim that the term refers to being grateful for the good things in our lives, like you say. But there are many people who claim that true gratitude requires being grateful for everything that happens in our lives. Even like my voice right now. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Walker. My poor strained voice. But let's keep it simple here. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it as the state of being grateful. Thankfulness. Pretty simple, right? Yeah. But it really is more than just saying thank you. You might be right there. Robert Emmons of the University of California, Davis, and Michael McCullough of the University of Miami are the leading experts in the field of gratitude. These two American psychologists think gratitude has two aspects. Hmm. One, when one recognizes that they've obtained a positive outcome, and two, when they recognize that there is an external source for this positive outcome. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And according to the Greater Good Science Center, some psychologists identify three types of gratitude. There's the gratitude that's an effective trait, so one's overall tendency to have a grateful disposition. Right. There's a mood, so daily fluctuations in overall gratitude. And then the emotion, a more temporary feeling of gratitude that one may feel after receiving a gift or a favor from someone. Okay, that's getting specific. Mm -hmm. Researchers have really dug deep into the complexity of gratitude. Yes, they have. Dr. Paul Mills, Chief of Behavior Medicine at the University of California, San Diego, shares the opinion of Brother David Steindl Rast, a well-known and well-respected Benedictine monk. They believe that there is actually a difference between thankfulness and gratitude. Mm. Mills describes gratitude as a state of being that we carry around, a broad state of being, really an appreciation of existence itself and our part in the existence, whereas thankfulness is an emotion. Mills explained that in his research, thankfulness was encouraged to help people to evolve to a state of gratitude. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. From what I gather, reaching the state of gratitude can be as simple as taking the time to thank someone, either verbally or with a thank you note. Yeah, there's something very special about a handwritten note. They're becoming pretty rare, though, these days. But I just love beautiful stationery. I know. In a paperless society, though, it's, it's becoming so uncommon. Our guest today knows a thing or two about the thank you note. We are excited to introduce John Kralik, author, public speaker, and judge of the Los Angeles Superior Court for over a decade. John's book, A Simple Act of Gratitude, How Learning to Say Thank You Changed My Life, has been an inspiration to so many. Welcome to At Home and Abroad, John. Thank you. Your book actually recounts a very lengthy journey which began on New Year's Day in 2008. You had just experienced what you confessed was a really troubled time in your life. So why was that day a turning point? And how did your daily thank you project come out of that? It was a a tough time. I sometimes don't remember how bad it was. You know, we, we kind of put that out of our mind. 
but I, I was depressed enough that, you know, I, I, I don't think I was clinically suicidal, but I just didn't have that feeling that I wanted to go on with my life. I was working a lot and I wasn't making any money because, you know, when you're in a small business, if things go wrong, you're, you got to pay your employees, you got to pay your rent and, uh, things were going wrong. And, uh, I was going through my second divorce and I think we all, you know, a lot of times doing your first divorce, you can kind of say, well, that was the other person's fault. But, uh, this, the second time you got to say, there's something in common here and maybe it's you. Yeah. And, uh, I was trying to start a new relationship and then that suddenly didn't work out. You know, I was living in a pretty crummy place at the time. I thought it was crummy. But on New Year's Day, my office was in Pasadena, so I couldn't work that day. I climbed up in the mountains above Pasadena. There's this parade that goes through every year Pasadena, the Rose Parade that, that blocks off the street. So I couldn't get to my office. So I went for a walk in the mountains above Pasadena, and I got lost. And at some point getting tired and everything else, I heard a voice say to me, until you learn to be grateful for the things that you have, you will not receive the things that you want. And I did not think I had anything to be grateful for, particularly at that moment. On the way down, I I cycled through some thoughts about what to do about it all. And I did have some thank you notes. Uh, I, I was We were being evicted from our office, one of the many things that I was depressed about. And so the return address on these notes wasn't going to help me at all. And so I figured I might as well use them up. And I decided to write one note a day. I just thought maybe that'll make a difference. Yeah. So you really did listen and pay attention to this message that was coming to you maybe you were open to it because you were walking in the mountains you were in the outdoors you were solitary and had some time for reflection but this definitely became a knowing yeah i was tired and you know i you're up above everything for once you're out of you know all the things that are bothering you it's kind of like being in in the airplane i'll not as comfortable as it used to be, but you're you're in between some things and nothing can really touch you. So for once, my thoughts were clear. I mean, I I tend to think uh, and now I believe that, you know, it was God communicating to me. Mm-hmm. And you listened. At first, I was like, you know, no, I, I don't have anything to be grateful for at all. And I didn't think I did. And then then I just said, hey, I, I got some Christmas presents. That's something to write a thank you note about. It's about finding light in the in the darkness. And even though you were, you know, feeling quite desperate and perhaps alone and despairing, this was a message to look for the things to be to be grateful for. So your first one of your first thank you notes, if not your first thank you note, was um, one you wrote to your son for a coffee maker that you received for Christmas. Is that right? Right. It was a perfect gift um, because I drink lots of coffee. And I said, well, I got to respond to this. And, you know, it was very interesting that I did not know his address. Wow. That is how 
separate we had, i had this vague notion that he was living on the west side but i i didn't know precisely where so i had to call him to get his address and then he said hey let's go out to lunch and first of all he picked up the check which was a big shock i mean yeah for any parent when the kid picks up the check that's a big right, shock right and then he pushed over this pile of cash and he said I'm like, what's this about? And he goes, I'm paying back the loan. Of course, I'd forgotten that I had loaned him money, you know, because that's a parent thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think it. I really had a problem accepting good things and help in my life. People would offer me help. People would offer to do things for me, and I wouldn't accept it. But at that moment, I thought, I really need this money yeah. because I needed it to make rent and and so I decided to accept it. And that was a, a growing up moment for him. And also I thought, wow, this this whole thing really works, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you you show gratitude and then look at the look at the abundance that that immediately fell into your lap. So that must have really underlined and reinforced that message you heard in the mountains. Yeah, I was really it, I decided to go on my way and give it a shot. Yeah, this would be a, a a resolution that I would actually try to make come true. Yeah, and make a habit out of. So you did say that it was kind of tough to find things to be grateful for when you were feeling your worst, but then the Christmas presents became an obvious choice. Did you have to then look a little bit more carefully in your day to day life for things to be grateful for, or did it become more easy to you? It gets easier as you go along, although you seem to mine the every possible avenue at some point. For example, I was very embarrassed that I didn't pay my employees their Christmas bonus because I'd always been able to do that. But I wrote them a thank you note, each one of them, to explain to them why I was grateful for them. And, you know, I kind of expected them to go, eh, you know, I'd rather have my Christmas bonus. But, you know, they wrote notes back to me and they wrote notes to each other, you know, about how they were grateful for each other. So did this make you look at other people receiving your gratitude? Did it make you look at their response to you, their behavior any differently? Maybe through a kinder lens or a, a different well, lens? I think that just the act of writing the thank you note kind of brings you into their world. It's right. like, yes, you see the reaction. You get a lot of people saying, you know, keep a gratitude journal. And there's been a lot of research on people writing gratitude journals. I haven't seen a research project that tries to do precisely what I did. Mm -hmm. But it does make a difference in that you're not just internalizing that you're grateful you are also sending something out into the world and hopefully it's an expression of love and caring and uh recognition for the other person and that creates a reaction in them and mm -hmm. maybe they take that somewhere pay it forward i i certainly felt at that point that a lot of people weren't being very grateful to me, you know, I, I thought, boy, I'm doing so much for other people and no one ever says thank you. 
or it makes me feel like I'm appreciated. And to some extent, that was because I was that kind of person. And we all know that person who just won't take a gift. But for me, this really caused that part, that character defect, I think, to change, or at least for me to be much more knowledgeable about it. Because every time somebody did something for me, it was like I was really noticing that. Now I had something to write about that day. Exactly. That's a real insight into your own ability to accept the generosity of others and look for opportunities to to extend your own generosity and gratitude. Like that is that's a tremendous insight. And there are many of us out there who including myself, I have to admit, who are not readily accepting of help or seeking of help. And this is, if we're going to be in a community, that's a very important piece. Yeah, We all have a, a day, every day, numerous things happen to us. And it could be that half of them are good and half of them are bad. But even if most are good, the one thing that we're always focused on is the bad thing. But if you end your day saying, well, I got to find out what to be thankful for. It changes your focus. Right. And I, I have this commitment to write a, a note about it and to recognize it. Yeah, it really does change your focus. Are you going to receive the things that you want? I think to some extent that depends on whether you're wanting the right thing. Mm -hmm. And you find during this process what's really valuable to you, what's really good for you and for your life. Like the most amazing thing in my life at that point was this beautiful eight-year-old daughter. I mean, and, and yeah. so I was realizing how important she was and appreciating how cool she was. She was a very cool girl. Still is amazing. What a blessing. Everybody who was important in my life. I wrote a thank you note too, and it really helped my business because I focused on my good clients. I never sued that bad client. They never paid me back, but I paid attention to my good clients. There was one guy, he gets 15 bills a month that he's supposed to pay, but I'm the only one who thanked him for paying on time. He put that note up on his bulletin board. And every month we sits down with a pile of bills. He went through, found mine. <laughs> and yours is on top. I got paid first. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are ways in which you, you do benefit economically, uh, but, you know, that's, that's not really, I think, the right spiritual energy to want. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you, you don't say, I want you know, a million bucks or whatever, in your gratitude letters, you're writing the things that are really valuable to, to you. In that case, it was a personal relationship with somebody who cared about me and our firm. Mm -hmm. A case was given to me by a lawyer and I wrote him a thank you note and he was surprised. He goes, you know, you're always so busy. I didn't know you would take a case like this. But if you want a case like that, I have like 10 more, you know? And mm -hmm. um, so you're letting them know, this is what I want. This was a good case. It was a case I could win. 
I could win it before my bill was greater than the amount I was going to win. And, and so it was just the perfect kind of case for a small law firm. And so I was learning what is really good in my life, appreciating that more. And then that, that does tend to produce more of it. Exactly. I mean, at some days you might think I was kind of desperate to find somebody to, to thank. Um, I thanked the, the fellow at Starbucks who served my coffee. Mm-hmm. And amazed. It's shocking how surprised people can be when you thank them authentically in the course of your of your day, just whether it's the barista or, you know, the cashier at the grocery store or the gas station attendant. People can be very surprised to be thanked genuinely. Yeah, and you you, you know, any business that you write thank you notes to you'll find them on their bulletin boards and you know it, it is something that they really care about yes i i think i at some point thanked three baristas at least mm-hmm. uh and uh the third one cbs news tried to track them down oh you're kidding and yeah because they were like did he really write a thank you note to the barista <laughs> you know yeah yeah and uh they found her and she had it in her pocket and she brought it out and she said, I keep this because it tells me that what I do every day, it may look like I'm just serving coffee, yeah. but what I do really matters. And people really have lost the sense that their life matters. Looking for their own self-worth and place you know, they realize that what they do, I mean, this guy needed coffee and, and uh, he appreciated it. Mm-hmm. That desperate measures of finding people, getting people to do things so I could write them a thank you note uh, included uh, running a marathon for charity. Wow. wow. So, because I had done that in the past and I knew if you, you get people to give so much to your charitable run, then you got to write them a thank you note, right? <laughs> That's extreme measures, John. Extreme measures. So I that was that was probably about 40 thank you notes. But you're putting yourself in that position. So at that point it was really becoming about changing me into a person who deserved to be thanked. Right. I think I'm now I've got to be in the top 5 in the world who gets handwritten thank you notes hundreds of them and i'm also a person the person that can never get away without writing a proper thank you note for whatever happens in my life you have a reputation to uphold now that's that's right (laughs) so you know whereas i was getting like these really cheap thank you notes at target and and using those i i invested in some that kind of looked like the picture of my thank you notes that was on the cover of the book. <laughs> ah, with no words inside as well, because I remember you saying something about saying the word thank you. Right, right. No, they're blank. Yeah. So, John, you just mentioned the marathon. It makes me think of the strong circle of friends that you had. Did these relationships deepen as your gratitude practice progressed? My friend Paul, Paul Smith, uh, who I ran a half marathon with that year while I was training, he was dying of cancer at the time. I could barely keep up with him. He was a hell of a runner. And 
it's a sad fact that when you get to be my age, all of these friends start to drop out of your life. For me, the year involved really thinking back over my whole life. And Mm -hmm. I did not have a good relationship with my parents. But when I was growing up, as a result of the fact that I didn't have a good relationship with them, I desperately needed my friends. And I was really going off the deep end in college and a couple times had to be rescued from situations where my life was in danger because of stupid things I was doing. These people had actually saved my life. And so I found them, thanked them, and I'm in touch with them as a result of that. Yes, it caused me to really dig through my life and find all those people who had been good to me. There was a doctor who's I had had a surgery when I was about 39 that saved me from decades of pain. And I found him. He had moved away from the Los Angeles area, so it took some work. And I think the doctors really appreciate that. They told me that, you know, people only write to complain. In fact, yeah. the, that, that was the same thing at Starbucks. I mean, the fellow at Starbucks said, when I saw your letter, my heart sank. Because I remember you describing how his face sort of yeah, fell. He he thought, you know, it's another complaint letter that I'm gonna have to forward to headquarters. So they the doctors all said, you know, we always hear from former patients when something goes wrong, but nobody writes to us and said, I've had 20 years of recovery mm-hmm. thanks to your surgery. And I have a personal doctor I know who I thanked. She saved me from alcohol and uh she keeps all my thank you letters in in my file and uh i know of lots of people who have problems with the healthcare system but i always get really great service <laughs> i don't know right away <laughs> she's like right on top of everything that goes on there make sure i get good service so it does it does all come back to you and i think that's the difference between a gratitude journal and writing thank you notes is that you're sending some energy out there energy of love. It may not come back to you, but it will go to somebody. Yeah. It's double-ended in this respect. You're reaping the benefits of it, but you're also touching somebody else with it as well. Right. Changing yourself and your spiritual inside, but, but you're also affecting somebody else. Yeah. We talked about you writing the thank you letters to your employees. And and I know when I read your book, that was one of the touching moments for me, how you described it. it was almost like this butterfly effect your personal notes had on your staff at the firm. I'm just curious whether you think that a grateful leader is a good leader. I think it's it's not the whole part of what you need to be a leader, but it is a key part. It's a key part to just the overall spiritual strength of any individual. You know, everybody will tell you that it's so much more important to catch that person doing something right. I mean, that goes back to books like The One Minute Manager, right? One minute reprimand, but also one minute thank you. If you're not appreciative of what your employees are bringing, they're going to go somewhere else where somebody will appreciate it. But I do write them thank you notes. I do appreciate the things that they do. When they see your handwriting, now I've read some things lately about 
people like myself who are getting older have to watch your handwriting doesn't deteriorate <laughs> to the point where they're just like, well, this is nice, but I can't read any of it. <laughs> um, but if you write them a nice thank you note, I think they they generally people accept it like gifts and they yeah. save them. Well, I think they realize what goes into it because not everybody writes it. Right. And they don't have to worry. It wasn't your secretary. It wasn't, you know, somebody else. It was you. Yeah. So I've got to ask you, since you've had a lot of practice, is there a secret to writing an authentic and meaningful thank you note? It's not a secret. You know, I, I think in the paperback copy of my book, I might have something in the back about that. Yes, you do. But the first thing that I would say is to make the resolution to write it. I And I also think it's important to write letters too. I, I know you know, past generations, I, I'm going to write something hopefully in a, a, a book that I'm working on now about letters. Oh. Cause I found all these letters of my parents. And uh, for example, I found their love letters there. It turned out, I had no idea this was true, but their, their entire courtship was basically conducted in letters. Oh, fantastic. Which they hid from us. And so I found them after they died. and uh it was kind of amazing i mean what people do in letters and i was really realizing that as my mother was dying and so i wrote her for more than a year i wrote her a letter every week and just a very interesting exercise but the thing about thank you notes that's different is you're thinking about that person and it's only one thing Mm-hmm. We've all gotten emails that are like, well, thanks for doing that for me. Yeah. And then the person just goes on. And by the end of this long email, they're back onto something that they're very unhappy with you about or <laughs> very unhappy in their own life about some other person. And it just goes on and on. For example, a thank you note I wrote to my ex-wife. She put on a very beautiful birthday party for my daughter. And, you know, we had issues that we had between each other at that point, but I didn't say, okay, the party was nice. Then <laughs> watch into some other issue, you know, which destroys yeah. the thing. So this, the, the only thing you can express there is gratitude. And that's one nice thing about being a no, because there's only so much. Make sure you say thank you and write out the thank you. I mean, so, because that, again, it's internalizing for you that you're grateful, but then you have only one or two sentences. And I, I think back to what Gertrude Stein told Ernest Hemingway when he couldn't write, probably because he was hungover or whatever, <laughs> just say, write one true sentence. So uh, one true sentence about why that person matters to you. Yeah. And so you're going beyond the gift to one thing that this person does that's good for you the real secret is you have to write a lot of them it's a muscle (laughs) you have to learn to flex i think i definitely got better my one visual aid that i always show people okay about a year ago i i created a spreadsheet i i remember the publisher wanted to see it so i sent it to them but i recently had it printed out about i would say about a year or two ago and I mean, this is this is what it looks like today. Oh my goodness! How how long was that? That the number of thank you cards? Uh, well, at this point, I was up to something around fourteen hundred. That's fourteen hundred. Um, today, I'm uh, somewhere between fifteen hundred and sixteen hundred, not counting 
you know, just thanks for writing me uh, fan letters. People write the most amazing things to you. I mean, the first thing I noticed was, you know, I remember I was talking about what a bad day I was having when this Mm -hmm. started. And you learn the stories of people who have gone through much worse. And yet, you know, their husband died, their child died, and and yet they got up each day and they tried to write a thank you note to find out something had happened today to be grateful. Mm-hmm. You know, your life will change if you do what I did and just find the people who are doing good things for you in your everyday life and identify them, track down their name, their, and you can write to them at their hamburger stand or at the pizza place or at the, you, you'll find that your life just becomes so enjoyable because every person that you go in to see for your dry cleaning, you know, I know I've written to, to my dry cleaners to thank them and the coffee place, wherever you go, there are people there working with you that realize you value them. Yeah. And so they value you and you can feel that on my worst day, I have to look at the spreadsheet and say, okay, somebody who has 1500 good things happen to them. I mean, life can't be that bad. I have to say that spreadsheet is more like a a telephone book for Los Angeles in days of old. Yeah. That's quite a tome. Yes. Well, I I realize where I was when I go back through it because it's chronological. So you can remember a period of your life and what you were grateful for. Also, what was, you know, challenging at that point. Well, I have to say, John, you've inspired me from reading your book to pick up pen and paper now. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for chatting with us today. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And I have to say, when you get around to finishing that book on letters, we'd love to have you back. If you'd like to learn more about John Kralik and the books he's written, you can go to www.johnjkralik.com or on Instagram at at John J. Kralik, his books, including A Simple Act of Gratitude, How Learning to Say Thank You Changed My Life can be found on Amazon and Apple Books. Thanks so much, John. Hey, thank you. Thanks so much, John. And look out for our thank you letter in the mail. What a beautiful story of one man's journey towards finding a life of gratitude. I'm so grateful he shared it with the world in his book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too, Harris. Even though it seems we might have to develop a habit or a practice, we actually may be hardwired for gratitude. Well, that's kind of refreshing to know, though sometimes not readily evident in some people. No, too true. But it does give us hope for them, doesn't it? The Greater Good Science Center says that research indicates that gratitude is embedded in our evolutionary history our brains and DNA and in child development. Well, it is a positive social trait. I can believe it. Mm-hmm. And we aren't the only animal that expresses gratitude either. Mm. Lots of living creatures exhibit evidence of what they call reciprocal altruism activities. These are when one animal performs to help another member of their species, even at a cost to themselves, presumably because they recognize at some instinctual level that the other individual may repay the favor at a later date. And this repayment of generosity is thought to be an expression of gratitude. Wow. I don't think my cat got that memo. (laughs) Especially after I locked her in the TV room last night. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think my cats got the memo either. One study documented that chimpanzees were more likely to share food with another chimp that had groomed them earlier in the day or had a history of helping them in the past. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. You got that right. Of course, gratitude may have evolved for a very important reason. Which is? Well, kind of what you said before, Walker. Gratitude turns strangers into friends, and more friends means more safety in numbers, and that means better odds for survival. There is certainly a lot more to gratitude than meets the eye. That is for sure. And expressing gratitude costs us nothing, but it has the potential to yield great rewards, just like in John's case. I like rewards, Walker. (laughs) Me too. I know that I always feel great when I give to others. Mm -hmm. I make a point of giving compliments and thanking people whenever I can. It might be the cashier at the grocery store, a neighbor or friend. It brightens people's days. Mm -hmm. And you are always sprinkling a little bit of that sunshine. I try to. It's just so easy, though, to express our thanks and gratitude, but it has to be authentic and heartfelt. Yeah, I agree. I also firmly believe in the power of giving. You know, like the old expression, it is better to give than receive. Right. Giving back to individuals or giving back to your community in the form of volunteering, for instance, is not only good for others, but for yourself. It's that gratitude generosity loop. The practice of giving is tightly linked to gratitude. And as Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist monk of Plum Village said, you don't have to give anything but your smile. So true, Harris. Researchers have actually proven that practicing gratitude has a pretty remarkable effect on our brains, which then in turn also affects our body. When we practice gratitude, we have the potential to benefit both mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. According to psychologist Amanda Tobey, gratitude decreases activity in our amygdala, the center of our brain that sounds off when we're in distress, and increases dopamine levels in our brain, the happy hormone that helps us feel joyful and content. And from what I've read, our brains react quite quickly to the practice of gratitude. Mm. To use an example given by Dr. Paul Mills, when we watch a beautiful sunset, for instance, and we're overcome with gratitude for just being witness to it, it's just no question that we're feeling pretty good. No doubt. And according to the Mayo Clinic, experiencing gratitude has the potential to decrease the stuff we don't want, like anxiety, depression, chronic pain, and the risk of disease. Wow. Dr. Mills studied people suffering from cardiovascular disease and the impacts of keeping a gratitude journal for eight weeks. The study looked at depression, mood, and sleep and examined the blood of participants. And the results? Well, they saw improvements in sleep and mood. It makes sense. Gratitude strengthens our connections with others, reducing the sense of loneliness and isolation that often accompanies depression. But what is especially interesting is that when they looked at the biomarkers in the blood of participants that were related to the inflammation caused by cardiovascular disease, they were improved by about 24%. Wow. For those who didn't do the gratitude journal, though, the biomarkers stayed the same. Wow, that's pretty telling, isn't it? Yeah. And did you know that people who are more grateful are less likely to indulge in drugs and alcohol? Wow. It really is the key to happiness, isn't it? It is. According to Dr. Alex Korb, when we are focusing on being grateful, we focus on all the positive aspects of our lives. Mm -hmm. He says the simple act increases serotonin production in the anterior cingulate cortex. Can't dispute those facts. (laughs) Right. In a CNN article on the benefits of gratitude, it was even mentioned that counting blessings has helped Vietnam vets and 9-11 survivors suffering with PTSD move forward and manage their challenges. Wow. Gratitude therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. And it works on those of us receiving the thanks too. 
according to researchers at the University of California who measured brain activity of the person expressing gratitude and the recipient both actually experienced an increase of happiness. So it's a win-win, feel-good moment all around. It is, which is probably why more organizations are trying to incorporate gratitude into their corporate culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, many have instituted programs which promote employee recognition and appreciation in an effort to foster a climate where employees feel valued. Right. According to Claire Hartwell in her article for Great Place to Work, if you can express genuine appreciation for a coworker's specific contribution or how their actions reflect company values, you'll increase loyalty, improve employee experience, and cut down staff turnover. Well, we all work harder and happier when we feel appreciated, don't we, Walker? We do. You know, Harris, one group of people we sometimes fail to extend our gratitude towards is our very own family. Yeah, we can take each other for granted. Exactly. Feeling underappreciated is actually one of the major reasons for divorce. Yikes. Yeah. In the article, Seven Things That Make You More Likely to Get Divorced, dating and relationship coach Christine Baumgartner was quoted as saying, women feel unappreciated and unimportant because they feel taken for granted and overwhelmed. Baumgartner said they give and give and give to everyone else in their life, and this leaves them feeling very sad and depleted. They feel they have to do everything themselves because no one will do it if they don't. Mm -hmm. Baumgartner says that men also can feel unappreciated when the man thinks he's doing enough and the woman doesn't tell him that she needs more and instead starts telling him all the things he's not doing well. Not good. Communication is essential, right, Harris? Mm -hmm. Saying thank you once in a while can go a long way. Mm -hmm. Have I mentioned that I'm grateful for you, Harris? Oh, I am so <laughs> grateful for you too, Walker. So how do we go about building our gratitude practice? And please don't say journaling. I've collected <laughs> a million journals yeah. and have not cracked one cover. I have to say, it's just not my thing. I know. It's been touted to be the go-to practice though, hasn't it? And for good reason. It's a daily dose of happy thankfulness, like John's thank you notes. Yeah, I wish I could do it. I've tried, Harris. I know. It can be a tricky practice to start and even harder to keep going. It's like developing any habit. So what about you? Do you have a gratitude journal? How do you practice gratitude? Well, I'm the same as you. I have little scribbles in a zillion journals, but I have yeah. never been consistent. I was raised to express thanks though, and I believe in the power of being able to turn someone's day around with a smile or a kind word. Just saying a heartfelt thank you and wishing someone a good day can go a long way. Well, if you need some more ideas, I did come across some simple ways to help you practice gratitude. Okay. Some people actually recommend reflecting on some of your more difficult times so that you're more appreciative of your current life conditions. Hmm. Maybe it's a reminder of how far you've come. Okay, I can sort of see that. It is also suggested that you should take some time to really reflect on your relationships. You can ask yourself three questions. What have I received from this person? What have I given to this person? And what troubles and difficulties have I caused? Well, that sounds like it would contribute a little bit more to guilt than gratitude, Walker. <laughs> okay, well, here's one you might like. Concentrate on your senses. Focus on what you can touch, see, taste, smell, and hear. By focusing on these senses, you can begin to appreciate being alive. This reminds me of the grounding exercise that people do when they're experiencing anxiety. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And I think it is the same thing. Oh, okay. Another way to get more of a gratitude attitude is to set up visual reminders of things that you are grateful for. This practice keeps those things front and center in your awareness. Oh, like a photo of my mom and dad. I'm grateful for those two, Walker, truly. Awesome. 
sweet, Harris. You can also make a habit of practicing gratitude by making a promise to yourself. Like I'm going to get on the yoga mat every morning? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Make it real. But also make the promise visible so that you're reminded of it daily. And one really important way to practice gratitude Be careful of your language. Yeah, use positive language and speak of being fortunate, having abundance, not lack. Yeah, people can get stuck in patterns of using language like, I hate this Mm -hmm. and I can't stand it when this happens. Or even, I wish I had. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Even just smiling more can help. And of course, saying thank you. Whenever you have the opportunity. Well, we're back to the simple thank you again. Mm-hmm. Well, it is really that simple. But most of all, life ain't meant to be easy, Harris. Mm-hmm. But there is always some joy to be found. You just have to keep your eyes and mind open. Too true, Walker. Years ago, I came across a suggestion to put a post-it note on your mirror with simple things that you were grateful for. You're guaranteed to be forced to read them every morning and every evening. Like Mel Robbins' high five habit. You would greet yourself every morning and high five yourself in the mirror. I didn't stick with that habit either, though. I think I had like one high five. Yeah, I tried it once. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of the high-low practice? No, I don't think so. Well, at dinner, we would say what our high was, the best moment in our day, and our low, the not-so-great moment. Oh, I like that. That's Mm -hmm. a good way, too, for parents to reinforce the recognition of the good Mm -hmm. in any day, even if it was a terrible, no good, very bad day. Mm -hmm. So what about a gratitude jar? Have you heard of that, Walker? I'm pretty sure that I have. Yeah, because it's just like it sounds. You write something that you're grateful for on a piece of paper and stick it in a jar. On the days you feel low, you can pull out one of your little notes to remind you of all the things that you're grateful for in your life. That's kind of cute, eh? It is. I've heard of this. I've heard that people go through their gratitude jars on December 31st to remind themselves of what a wonderful year it has been. That's a cute New Year's tradition. Knowing me, though, I would lose track of the jar as the months went by. (laughs) It wouldn't come out on on New Year's Eve. So if that isn't your jam, there are plenty of gratitude meditation practices available online, too. There are great ones on the Calm app, Insight Timer, and so many on YouTube. When it comes down to it, though, it doesn't have to be complicated or require any extra expense. Just speak from your heart. Mm-hmm. In the words of the beautiful Maya Angelou, when we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. Thank you for joining us at At Home and Abroad with your hosts, Harrison Walker. If you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you would rate and review our show. It helps us grow and expand our reach. Subscribe to follow us each week as we continue the conversation. You can also say hi to us on Instagram at at Harrison Walker. We would love to hear from you.